This is John Murphy, and it's my pleasure to welcome a special guest to this podcast. Our guest today is Maria Caruso, who is the founder and director of Bodyography Contemporary Ballet. I realize this is a non-traditional subject in terms of this podcast series, but I think as we proceed with the discussion, you'll see how the tie is to regenerative medicine. So first of all, Maria, welcome to regenerative medicine today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So, I know you've done two ballets that have a connection to medicine. First one relating to the heart and the second one relating to regenerative medicine. Perhaps the way to begin this discussion and introduce our listeners to your story is to talk about how you began the connection between the ballet and medicine. Absolutely. Bodyography was founded about a decade ago and when I originally came to Pittsburgh and began my choreographic career, I started doing rock ballets, and I was trying to build an audience based off of musical appeal. And oddly enough, just being a young graduate from college and very interested in medicine and science, although I didn't pursue that route, I seemed to always have some sort of medical or scientific undercurrent in my work, particularly my rock ballets. And when I did a ballet in 2009 to Pink Floyd, and I met Dennis McNamara, and I had asked him to participate in the ballet because I wanted it to be about the experience of a patient or the experience of a doctor, and it was called Something About Nothing. And after the performance, he had said to me, my gosh, he's like, I just see this consistent pattern in your work, and if you had ever had any interest in delving into something really intriguing, you may be interested in working with UPMC and the Cardiovascular Institute. Just food for thought, just throwing it out there, and I kind of ran with it, and I thought, what a great way to get connected and to do a ballet about heart transplantation and about the stories of the patients who had undergone transplantation, as well as the stories and the trials of those who suffer from pulmonary arterial hypertension. And when I was Creating the work, I went in and watched two heart transplants, and I met Dr. Robert Cormos, and after I met him, we became friends, and I learned a little bit about uh, the left ventricular assist device, which I thought was completely intriguing, and he had called me up one day and said, you know, do you want to come in and see me do an LVAD implantation? And I said, absolutely, let me come over. And when I was there, I noticed that even though the direction of heart was based on the idea that it was about the patient's experience, I recognized there that there was a very significant story that could be told via dance. And that story was really involving not necessarily all the clinicians or the surgeons, but the scientists. I had seen a lot of engineers in the room. You know, I just had met a lot of people that day. And I thought there is such a beautiful tie-in. And I'd love to tell the story of the science behind all of this great new medical practices. And so I had told him that I was really intrigued by this and I wanted to go that route. And he said, you have to meet Dr. Alan Russell at the McGowan Institute. So I said, well, let me go ahead over and talk to Dr. Russell and tell him that I want to do a ballet about science and in particular regenerative medicine. And I think that I keep getting myself into situations where I'm an artist and I walk in and it's not typical that anybody in the field of science or medicine would say, oh, sure, let me go ahead and let's do a ballet about 
medicine. But I think that at Bodyography, you know, we are a company that's based around the idea that we celebrate health and wellness. We celebrate the foundation of classical ballet with a contemporary undercurrent, and we celebrate athleticism, and we celebrate also the humanistic ideas, notions, and the ability to communicate that via dance and via the vocabulary that we celebrate. And you know, I just thought this is such a great way to build off of what I had created in heart. And so that was kind of how I got started on 108 Minutes. So let's step back for just a moment. First of all, in the comments you just shared with us, you talked about the introduction to medicine was through Dr. McNamara, who is in the cardiology department here in Pittsburgh. That led to the production of Heart. Mm-hmm which was a two-act ballet? Exactly. It was a two-act ballet, and the first act was an abstract, and it was based off of the color and texture and senses and feel that I had experienced while I was watching a heart transplant. There wasn't really a story to be told at that point in time. It was just really to get the audience prepared for the stories that would be told in the second act. And in second act, I worked with six patients, four who had been transplanted and two who had pulmonary arterial hypertension. I basically created the work around their experience. My process is very unique and very different, and I think that there is really a very similar parallel to tissue engineering. I think in dance, you create a skeletal framework, much like you create a a scaffold, you know, much like you utilize a scaffold. And whether it's derived biologically or whether it's synthetic, there are two different ways to go about creating that foundation. And in dance, it's very common to utilize vocabulary that is very traditional from the ballet repertoire, from the contemporary repertoire. And then what we typically do is use conceptually different motifs to to push that material to another place. And myself as a choreographer, I like to build almost in the opposite fashion. I like to extract the information from the participants first and let that be the foundation and then utilize the traditional vocabulary to accessorize that kind of movement. And so with the heart patients, I had asked them several questions, you know, asked them to come to the table with tangible items that describe their experience with heart disease and ask them to also bring to the table to show the artist and myself three different gestures that describe their experience with heart disease, and that's how each of those particular vignettes were developed. Again, for our audience's benefit, you actually had the patients and Dr. Cormos, who was the physician mm-hmm. involved in these transplant technologies on stage in, in the performance. Yes, Yes. I thought that was really important. One thing that's common practice for me is that I really like to involve outsiders into the process and the common person, the, I say the average show, but the non-dancer into the, into the production. I think it's important. I think that it offers a sense of authenticity that's very different than what's created at other mediums or other companies. And what I found with Dr. Cormos when I was in the surgery was the beautiful movements of the hands that were the gestures that were happening as part of the surgery, as part of using the thread. And I said to myself, I don't think an actor or I don't think a dancer could really replicate that movement so beautifully because it's so ingrained in what he does every day. So I, you know, I then invited him to participate in the ballet. Much like everybody else that I asked to participate, they think I'm losing my mind. But once they get into the process and once the ballet is created and people see it, it makes a great deal of sense. And it does take the ballet to a completely different level. 
So you created and had this production on heart. My recollection is from a prior conversation that over two evenings of performances, you had about a thousand people in the audience. Mm -hmm. And it was deemed by the critics as well as by the clinical and scientific community to be a great success. So as you said a few moments ago, that led you to want to try another endeavor, which turned out to be the one on regenerative medicine. Mm -hmm. I think that that capacity was very different. I think with a patient who's undergone such a traumatic experience or such an in intense experience in their life, or they're dealing with it day to day, there are a lot of emotions that really were brought to the table. And I think that that's why Heart was so impactful, um, by taking those feelings and putting them on display. So the extraction process was not quite as challenging as it was here at the McGowan Institute because I think that in a lot of ways, many of the scientists that I had an opportunity to work with, I think that it was really a new way of looking at their own individual science or how they saw things on a day-to-day -day basis. It would be the same if someone came in and asked me if I could explain what I do creatively in a some sort of format that I could do an experiment in a lab. So there were a lot of parallels and a, a great deal of differences, and I think that having the opportunity to have the conversations with the scientists and really just get to know them personally, I think that that was the most important part of the creative process for me. I think at first I gathered a lot of data, and, and the data was great, and I started to develop work around that, the foundation of the work. But I really don't think things came to life for me until I had an opportunity to have a photo shoot with these gentlemen, until I had the opportunity to see them. I think that seeing them in action just as people was also a nice way to further the development of the work. And I think that that's having the opportunity to get to know somebody and, and how they see their science, not just in an office, is really impactful. So we should say that you actually had some of the scientists who danced in the performance. Yes. And I think at the beginning, I wasn't absolutely clear how that was going to come to fruition at that point in time. Usually I had this huge vision. I can see the whole ballet in my head. I can see how it's going to all tie in together. And the more data I gather, the easier it is to continue to create and continue to produce material. For me, it was important to get to know the scientists because I think that some of them were very open to the idea of jumping on stage, and some are not. And it's, it's not for everybody. But I think at the end, I feel like that they're at least pleased with the material that was presented. Because I think that it's an odd thing in life to have an opportunity to see someone interpret what you do and put it on display in front of your face. Well, but it's a non-traditional interpretation in terms of right. what scientists and engineers are used to. You know, I think one of the interesting points relative to this is that there has traditionally been a great connection between art and science, and while you've done this in a very unique way, I think it's just another manifestation of that connection. No, absolutely. You know, I was really delighted to even meet Jason Shore and to see how he interpreted science via his medium, and I don't feel like I'm alone out there. I think perhaps maybe I'm one of the few people that's using dance as a vehicle to represent science or to explain it or to bring it to light, and really my main motivation is that I think that Pittsburgh and what's happening here, I think that there's a lot of greatness and a lot of beauty and a lot of wonderful developments that are happening in our region that really have not had the opportunity to have the visibility that they deserve. So again, for our audience's benefit, we should mention that Jason Shore, who we just introduced into this discussion, is a portrait artist who uses 
medicine is the genesis of his, his artwork. And as we will post on the podcast website, a connection to Marina's Contemporary Ballet website, uh, we'll also post a link to Jason Shore's websites. So Maria, you clearly are enthusiastic about this and the results of your enthusiasm are clear in the performances you've produced and in the reviews that you've received. Share with us what the rewards you see from this creative work. Personally, it's really just how the ballet continues to live and how it carries on and how the work is continuing to provide a sense of awareness in the community in a way, it also is a great opportunity to collaborate with other organizations. For instance, with Heart, we are actually performing it again this season in June on behalf of the Family House Family Assistance Fund. So it's being utilized as a fundraiser and as an opportunity for Family House, which is a phenomenal organization, to, to continue to raise awareness and raise money for a wonderful cause. In the same respect, 108 Minutes, I've begun several dialogues with several different entities and people who are interested in seeing 108 Minutes travel beyond the Pittsburgh region, looking into Boston and looking into New York and looking into different areas. And I think that, you know, what is so spectacular about the ballets is that they're also, they're a form for education. They're a great opportunity for multiple different people in an audience to come together, whether you come because you just want to see something absolutely beautiful or you're interested in dance or whether you come because you have some sort of tie into the medical or scientific community, whatever prompts you to participate in the event or the endeavor, you are educated in a way that's vastly different than what you normally would experience in that kind of format. So if you're coming in because you have some sort of medical or scientific interest, you're going to see some beautiful artwork, some beautiful dancing, something that really resonates. And likewise, it goes both ways. You introduced the family house, and I just should again mention to our listeners that one of our prior podcasts was with the director of family house. So If our listeners didn't catch that particular podcast, you can go back and learn more about the Family House program, which, as Maria says, is a fascinating and very well-deserved recognition for what they do for patients and their families. So, Maria, I appreciate the opportunity for you to share with me and with our listeners your fascinating vision and high-quality productions that you've done. I know many people look forward to a repeat of heart because... It's received many wide acclaims. I should mention to our listeners that in addition to the normal information on the Contemporary Ballet website, there's some very interesting video snippets of both Heart and 108 Minutes for the Regenerative Medicine-related ballet. Again, thank you for joining us, and as we conclude this podcast, I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors this podcast series, and I encourage you to send your questions and suggestions for future podcasts. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Thank you. Thank you.